This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. When it comes to Pod Meets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to 303 mile range, available two-way charging and other category defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched out electric vehicles ever. And as you know, we are tech heads. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250 plus kilowatt DC fast charger. And with the available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car, backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. They can help you find work in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. So we're um, potentially going to be doing a lot of live shows this year. Yeah. Um, so I'm planning out, you know, my year with my wife. And I have a um, I have a draft of an email that I started during the pandemic that has expanded and I keep adding to, which is all the places I want to travel to mm. and all the things I want to see. Um, and so I was lo- referencing it, trying to figure out what, where we're going to travel to this year and what we're going to do. Um, and it made me curious. Do you guys have like places that you can't wait to go to or like the number one? Because for me, like number one, personally, I can I just want to go to Japan so bad. Mm-hmm. Have you it's never like been? My, no. It's and I, would, I would, am it's dying beautiful. to go, but it's, you know, I just, I just, I, 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 but I have so many other trips that I want to do with Indy before he leaves. Cause that's the other thing is I'm realizing kids already ate. I only got like eight more or 10 more summer vacations where we can travel yeah. together. So I have to prioritize based on like, you know, activities we can do or things I want to experience with him. Uh, and so Japan might have to wait till after he's out of the house. Um, but that's like my number one spot. South Africa. I can't wait to go to South Africa at some point. Yeah. Um, do you guys have places like that are... What do you I got, do. Danielle? What do you got? Well, I also really want to go to Japan. We were going to yeah. go to Japan for my 40th. That was going to be my 40th birthday gift from husband producer Jensen Karp. But I was then pregnant. 
And I was yeah. like, I don't really want to go to Japan when I'm pregnant. And, yeah. you know, you so wanna, <clears throat> we ended yeah. up not doing that. So Japan is on my list. But then also there are things like I want to play golf in Scotland. So like that's <laughs> that's one of my things. I also want to drive on the Audubon. Okay. Uh, um, so I have like things like that that are like yeah. bucket list things for sure. me. I once saw the Northern Lights from from Banff in Canada. Yeah. And but it wasn't like it was like what's that out there? And then it was like oh my gosh, those are the Northern Lights. And it was it um it was like a, you know kind of hazy. Like it was definitely the Northern Lights, but it wasn't like that experience you think of when you see yeah. the Northern Lights. And so yeah. I want to just even seeing the little bit of it that I saw. I want to specifically do go a, on a like trip go that. on a trip yeah. to see yeah. the Northern. I would Lights. recommend Iceland because I, mm. I I saw them in Iceland and yeah. Iceland's great to visit anyway. Yeah. And they do boat trips where they take you out over the water and you yeah, can see the Northern see Lights cool. if you go at the right time of year. Yeah. So I did Japan. Japan's a beautiful place. Um, driving on the did Autobahn. Japan. Did, did the Japan. whole country. Did I've Japan. done Japan. <laughs> I've done uh, it. <laughs> I did Japan. Um, the uh, Driving on the Autobahn is insane and a ton of fun. Oh, my God. You've uh, done it really? You've done that? Of course. My whole family lives in Germany. So that's, I mean, my, my cousins, wow. everybody, they're still outside of Hamburg. So we go often. That's so cool. Um, yeah. Haven't played golf in Scotland, but spent some time there. We're going back this year, yeah. uh, which is going to be our big trip. Oh, the Northern Lights is second on my list i was supposed to see them last year in february in fairbanks alaska which they say is actually the best place to see them mm. yeah. and then i had to cancel i was going for a convention i had to cancel it mm. um but the number one on my list has always been i want to touch the pyramids in egypt gotta do so, it man i know i know yeah, and it's just do we do it. a lot of are you allowed to touch them like, i don't know there lies the rub i've done some cool things <laughs> i snuck under the the stupid stuff but like you know snuck under the the, the fence and hung my legs over the the uh, grand canyon and i mean Oof. i've done some stuff where it's it's been pretty neat um but uh yeah japan amazing china's really nice the, the parts i saw um yeah, but, but you've always yeah, been a big history buff and an archaeology yeah, the pyramids, buff. So I can see the pyramids the being pyramids top on your of list. Giza yeah. And just kind of the whole uh, Valley of the Kings are are so up there for me right now. It's yeah, I would absolutely love to do that. But Sue and I, it's so funny because uh, we're the type of people where we love to travel, but 10, 12 days, and that's our limit. We are oh, not like totally. I want to be gone for a month and a half. Like I'm not that. We want to get home, back to oh, our I family, get back lost. to our house. I know, writer, yeah. writer. Yeah, I just want to move for... to New Zealand for an entire summer. Right, or, right. Yeah. No, well, that's, that's the other thing. I do think I could probably do that. Like really moved somewhere and know I'm there for an extended period yeah, of time. And okay. so I'm going to make a home here. Yep. Yes. But I agree with you, writer. That it, I mean, will if it's if it's a vacation. Really, like eleven days is, Perfect. and I start to get to a point where I'm Same. like, I miss my routine, I miss my stuff being in my spot where yep. I'm used to it being, because we are big on that. Everything has no. a place. Yep. Uh, no. So yeah, I just want to live on the road. Just throw it all. I, I would yeah. not have a house if it was up to me. Oh no, yeah, I need, <laughs> wow. I need the space. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Obviously, the dream that Sue and I have is we have like an apartment in either Amsterdam or London, right. and that's your home base, and then you just blanket yeah. the rest of Europe. Oh, you, would, you would. want an apartment in Amsterdam? I do. I know somebody who may look. be able to help you. Ryder, yeah. Ryder can probably yeah, can find you a place. Apartment. Do you, uh, Ryder, can you very quickly for me just say the line in Dutch that you said on the show? Do you still remember what it is? <laughs> yes. In fight to anything, you see this to right? Isn't that? No. Yeah. In fight to This is. Everyone will remember the, the Airbnb episode, or Airbnb, the B&B episode, yeah. Yeah. and Airbnb. I spoke two lines of Dutch. Hoi het in de lucht, en ziet voor jezelf how leek dit is. 
that means throw it in was, the air and see how light it is. Yeah. And, and we went to, to Amsterdam together and it was the only Dutch we spoke. Oh my god! And so we were on the airplane saying it back and forth. Hoi het in de lucht. And then you would say it when we'd go to like museums or wherever we'd be out. And I'd be like, oh, we should do this. And you'd be like, hoi het in de lucht. And see it for yourself. And to coop means for sale. So we'd to walk, coop, we'd walk yes, around like say, everything's to coop. To coop. To everything's to coop. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Welcome to Podmeets World. I'm Danielle Fischel. I'm Ryder Strong. And I'm Will Fordell. So today's episode is... Uh, we are v- thrilled to have this guest. Didi Stefano is a name that has organically come up on this podcast numerous times, and we've been waiting for the perfect time for her to join us. And today is luckily that day. Didi is one of the rare crew members who includes actors who worked on Boy Meets World from the unaired pilot right up until the series finale. And then she even came back and joined us for one season of Girl Meets World. She was the stage assistant on the Ben Savage pilot and then eventually became the third and then second stage manager for Boy Meets World. And we weren't the only show she worked on. We were just the best. So (laughs) in addition to her tireless work on Boy, she was one of our friends and a face we could trust. And we just still absolutely love her and trust her to this day. So please welcome to the show, Dee Dee DiStefano. Hi! Dee Dee! Hi, Dee Dee! Hello! (laughs) Hello! Wow, wonderful to see you. Wonderful. I really, I don't know how it's possible that every time we interview somebody that we've known for 30 years, they turn on their camera and I'm like, wait a minute, you look exactly the way you did. Yes. Yep. Since I've known you. Well, you had, you know, you were all young and I think you had ideas of what we looked like. And now we just fell into what we were. <laughs> we thought you were old then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Yeah, All I right. think that's true to a certain yeah. extent. Like, you know, because I like Didi, I would have assumed, which is so weird to think about, but I probably assume that you were the same age as like my parents, which isn't the case at all. Like, you're much younger than my parents, right? I mean, I don't know. I can't. Re- I don't know how old your parents are, but I, I tell my classes I'm 100 years old. So that my parents were born in 1913. Wow. So my education in film goes even before that. Wow. If you guys remember, some of you, I used to get on you all the time on stage about learn the history of your craft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is not what acting is. Please find out about <laughs> what, who, who is responsible for you now. And yeah. I still say the same things to my students today, and they look at me blankly like, what, you talking black and white? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I used to beg you to do that, yeah. you know. Am I remembering correctly, Didi? Did you have a sign or a bumper sticker or something that said theater is life, film wait, what was it? It was it was film is art. Yeah, theater is life, film is art, television, and television is furniture. Television is furniture. That's right. <laughs> that was oh my god. Oh, that's so funny that you remember that. Yeah, no. Because yeah. I was always kind of confused by it. I was like, are we making fun of television while on our show? Of we were making a television show. And of I course was. you were. You were talking shit about TV. <laughs> People didn't catch it, but that's no. okay. I love it. You know what? I love television. Yeah. I yeah. absolutely love it. And I've, I've listened to you, Will, talking about um, how much you love the sitcom format and all of that. And um, it's the same way with me. But I go so far back. When they talk about the golden age of television, we're talking about people that you've never heard of. Ernie Kovacs. Oh, yeah. I mean, Ernie, this yeah, is no. amazing. These yeah. were when television first started. Mm-hmm. 
And that's when I started to appreciate it. Aside from the fact that my mother had been an, an actress and all of that, they indoctrinated me and my sister about film, about television, about entertainment. That was what life was all about. Mm -hmm. I took to it more than my sister did. And for me, um, when we would go to the movies when we were little kids, my mother loved all of these, um, oh, these uh, Roman type of warrior movies. And, <laughs> you know, they'd be in the middle of summer and they'd slice off an arm yeah. and, you know, or whatever. They were gruesome for like a six-year-old kid to watch. And I remember, ah, mommy, I don't want to go to that movie anymore. And she said to me, let me tell you how it's done. And she explained special effects to me. Mm -hmm. And from that point on, every film that I sat in, I sat with my arms crossed, judging. Uh, that wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah, I right. believe that. And that's when I needed to get behind the camera. My mother warned me and my sister, don't ever get into entertainment and don't get into television or film. It'll break your heart. And so I went into television and my sister went into radio. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> As a podcast focus on reliving memories from our past, I can tell you firsthand, as you get older, your memory just isn't as reliable as it used to be. Yeah, if we didn't have Will here, there would be a lot of dead air. <laughs> that is true, Robert. Well, guys, since I know you need a little help, you're going to love Legacy Box. It's the safest way to digitize your home videos and pictures, even when you think you don't have a way to watch them anymore. Oh, this is perfect, especially with Mother's Day right around the corner. It really is the perfect gift for the whole family, whether it's a sweet 16 or college graduation. First steps or performing a Backstreet Boys dance in between scenes on your childhood network sitcom. This is the way to reconnect with your history. The process is so easy. You just fill your legacy box with old VHS or camcorder tapes, pictures, negatives, film reels. I mean, they even work with over 15 different types of analog media, so they have you covered. Then you just send the box back and their team professionally digitizes everything by hand in the U.S. And you'll get it all back on the cloud or on a thumb drive along with your originals. I recently sent off my first box to Legacy Box and I got into my old storage unit and found about 40 tapes, all different media. And I was able to label each one and send it off. I cannot wait to see what these tapes hold. Jensen and I also recently got some of his home videos digitized and being able to hear his parents' voices again has been a real gift. So join over 1.5 million families that have trusted Legacy Box with their memories. Go to LegacyBox.com slash world to save 60% during their best Mother's Day sale ever. It's time to connect with your past and make sure those memories are preserved properly. That's LegacyBox.com slash world. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. Summer is steadily approaching, and you know what that means. Wearing a shirt at the beach so I don't look like a sad radish for the entire vacation? Okay, maybe. Being thirsty? Yes, Ryder, you got it. It is time to go outside and bask in the glory that is sunshine with barbecues and hikes and trips to exotic locations. With your shirt on? Yes, with your shirt on. It is time to jump into a camper van with your son and your wife and... Torture everyone. <laughs> 
Well, with all these summer activities, it's so important that you stay hydrated. And we're here to tell you all about Liquid IV. It has three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick. It's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. You just rip open a packet and pour it into your water and bam, you're hydrating with electrolytes, essential vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients. But most importantly, it tastes good. It's so easy and perfect after a workout, which I do to replenish after a nice long run. And you can travel with Liquid IV right there in your pocket. Add it to a water on a flight or after a big night when you need just a little assistance to get up in the morning. Tear, pour, live more. One stick plus 16 ounces of water hydrates better than water alone. And with sugar-free flavors like white peach, green grape, raspberry melon, and lemon lime, you can't miss. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code WORLD at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code WORLD at liquidiv.com. Well, I actually want to talk about your entry point into TV production because it's pretty unorthodox. So what was your first job at ABC? My first job at ABC, I uh, managed the payroll department when I... <laughs> wow. And, and, and as I, I uh, talked to um, your husband, the producer, mm-hmm. uh, earlier, I was brought up where my parents said, you can't make change out of a dime. You know, you're an idiot. And I really believed it. I, I couldn't. Um, and your parents told you that. <laughs> well, that was one of the nicer things that they've said to me. Oh, but anyway, <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, let me tell you how I got the name Didi one day. I'll tell you about that. But anyway, um, uh, this job opened up at ABC and, um, I, there were two jobs and one of them was a lot of fun. And one of them was the head of payroll department. And I knew that I did not ha- know anything about money, but I had to, I had to prove to these people that I wasn't just a piece of fluff that wanted to get into television and entertainment. I was not one of those, that I actually had a brain. So that's what I did. And um, surprisingly enough, my parents were wrong. I had an incredible aptitude for math. And uh, within months, they started moving me around into different departments at ABC and moving up and around. And uh, that was it. Did you ever think you'd end up working on sets? Oh, that was my goal. That was my goal. Yeah, because I was in the production office. And um, every time I went down on a set, because I was always on sets at ABC all the time. And and I used to watch every department. What did everybody do? Because there are so many jobs on set that people aren't aware of. Yeah. They think, you know, oh, gee, I want to become a an electrician, and they go to work at Irving Schmutz's electric shop. They don't realize they can become an electric electrician in entertainment. Right. Yeah. You can do whatever. these The crips, the lights, the everything. And I craft service. <laughs> I'm sorry. Craft service. Craft service. Yes. Exactly. You, can, you can provide you food know, for sets. <laughs> I have told everybody over the years, pick a job, and it exists within the studio system. Yep. Yeah. Right. Firemen. Yeah. We have fire departments on mm-hmm. in the studios. On lots. Yeah. yeah. And no true. matter what it is, want to dig a ditch? Dig a ditch on a cold stage instead of out in the middle of a freeway, right? That's right. <laughs> you know, find your place. But anyway, um, 
So you were put in charge of like full departments, like hair and makeup departments, and you were just like overseeing that. Yes. Yes. I was scheduling um, the uh, hair and makeup and wardrobe people for every show that came into ABC. Wow. Wow. Do you mind if I ask, when, when was this? Like, what were some of the shows that you were involved in back in the day? Everything from, oh God, whatever we did on the ABC block, from Webster to Facts of Life, um, Who's the Boss? Uh, Well, that was later. Yeah, that was later on with Who's the Boss. I even worked on the Dolly Parton pilot, but it wasn't Dolly Parton. It was her sister. Oh, wow. Okay. Just incredible things. Uh, Webster, I think I mentioned that. Just all kinds of shows. So I did that for a while, but at the same time, when they saw that I, I was smarter than I looked, um, they started putting me in charge of special entertainment. So it, that was the Academy Awards, the uh, American Music Awards, like live show stuff. anything that, wow. yeah, whatever. ABC always did the Academy Awards. So I did that right. show for eight years. Um, they always did the American Music Awards. It was a Dick Clark production. I did that for eight years. One year we got the Emmys. I did that. One year we got the Grammys. I got that. So I've always been like in the middle of everything. That is like one area of production that I would never want to be a part of. Like award shows scare the crap out of me. Like, because you have to do everything live. Mm-hmm. There's yep. so many guests. There's an actual audience. It's it just like the, the fact that those shows pull get pulled off without a hitch most of the time yeah. is astounding to me. Yeah, there's, there's usually such, musical acts and oh every, I mean, God, it's one it's thing after another. So, it's such a high wire act of craziness. It's, like, yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. It's I don't want to ever be It's two weeks of uh, preparation. And wow. what they would do is they would build my office right off the stage. So everything was happening right on the other side of the wall on my office. Mm. And then when it came to the show, um, everybody had a spot for me and I was... Uh, stage right, right behind the curtain. So for those years of the all of the eighties, you know, I would say, "Well, look, stage right behind the curtain. That's where I'm standing with my little <laughs> stunky little clipboard, you know, and, and doing that." I had become very, very jaded. I was tired. I'd done a lot of it. There was so much work involved, and um, I did. I had become very jaded. And and this one day, I'm I'm backstage in the middle of the show, and um, I'm just looking at my watch, like, when is this going to be over? And I don't know if you know who this actor is, but it was Cary Grant who's standing right across from me, right? And he's looking at me, and he strikes up conversation with me, like a lot of them did. And as I'm talking to him, I'm thinking, this is Cary Grant. And and most people would sell their mothers just to be in the same vicinity as Cary Grant. And he's talking to me, and we're having this one-on-one wonderful... Oh my God, I'm at the Academy Awards. Why don't I like this more? <laughs> yeah. Right. And I credit Carrie with saving my peace of mind Aww. throughout that. Yeah, yeah. It was wonderful. Well, eventually you ended up having kind of a disappointing uh, experience happen over at ABC. Do you want to talk about that? It was, um, I, I started one of the very first sexual harassment lawsuits against wow. a major network. This was a very long time ago. And nobody wow. really knew what to do with me at the time. That With that lawsuit, it scared them. And I was just me, and I was fighting the uh, the network. And Good for ugly. you. Oh, my God. That's it awesome. I didn't know ugly. that. Five years of litigation. Jeez. They were trying to tell me that I was crazy because right. it's okay for a man to grab a woman. And 
and and especially the girls that he works with. Anyway, they tried to say that I was a little nuts about that and I had issues. And um, eventually, when the thing finally settled, because I stayed at ABC during the litigation, um, it was really very difficult. And I did not sue for money. I sued for purpose. I wanted somebody removed. He was in charge right. of 12 women, and he was doing oh disgusting God. things. And so I wanted him removed from his position. I didn't mm -hmm. care about money. But they didn't remove him, and that was it. And they moved me. I was, oh. you know, that's the way it was. Yeah. You know, wow. this was decades before Me Too. Yeah. yeah. And then I went to work for Shelley Duvall uh, on her films, Fairy Tale Theater and uh, Nightmare Classics, stuff like that. I did that. And then it was Arlene Grayson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had known Arlene uh, for years from the time that I was working at ABC. And she said, hey, we got this pilot. You know, you want to come work on it? And I'm, yeah, sure, okay. Had no idea what was, you know. Was it, it the untitled Ben Savage project at that time? Yeah, untitled Ben Savage project, <laughs> exactly. Uh -huh. And everybody was like, who's that? Who, who is this? So, yeah, there was, um, that was when I joined the group. And you came into Boy Meets World, your first position, because you worked your way through many different positions on Boy Meets World, but your yeah. first position was stage manager, right? Stage assistant. Stage assistant, okay. The, yeah, I hadn't joined Director's Guild yet. Okay. So I was always backstage. Yeah. You know, the liaison between the director. I was working a lot with David Trainer in those yeah. days. You know? Yeah. Oh, cool. And and the production office and, you know, just getting all that stuff. And you had your own stand, like on wheels. I had my own podium. Yes. I remember your podium. Yes. It was Absolutely. such a like nexus point for all of us. I feel uh -huh. like that that it was was where we it was like between craft service and walking around to the front of the yep. stage was Dee Dee's yep. domain. And yep. like domain. we just all sit there and talk and like catch up and like yep. it was just one, one of my you know most cherished memories of the, my time on Boy Meets World just conversations with you like yeah. sitting at that podium so much fun that means a lot thank you oh my god i have so many fond it, memories it meant a lot to me it really did it was yeah. it was important to me um me too. and you guys were so important to me because i mean you were young and yeah. i knew what the business was you know? right don't forget that you right. may be talking about it now and saying oh how could they but <laughs> i came from a time that was so ugly that would, by the time you got on stage, it was much, much better. Much right. better. Yeah. And now, right. obviously, it's, it's even better they, than it was then. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They, yeah. The way they took advantage of actors, whether it was adults or kids or anything, was a really dirty business. And I was yeah. worried for you guys. Yeah. So yeah. that's all. I just tried to be that... <sighs> Person, yeah. you, you know. but yeah, you were—you were totally you were. that person for us. You were—you were, you, you made it easier for everything, even just you know getting on set and getting to work and all that kind of stuff. You always let us know that you were there for whatever yes. we needed, and yes. what, you know, you and just made also, it very easy in a way, Didi, because of your position. You know, because you know, we talk about somebody who had a great influence on us, like David Trainer. But like David never met our parents, for instance. Right. You know, right. like right. like they're, they're, you, But you would talk to our parents. You knew mm -hmm. our parents, yeah. our siblings. You yeah. knew everything about us. You knew everything about our. Yeah. You know, because we yeah, would hang out with you backstage. Yeah, and all exactly. that. When we weren't working. We were talking, or we weren't working, or we weren't in school. We were hanging out with you. Like, yeah. That's what I remember more than anything yeah. is like just how yeah. many you know all those conversations and like yeah you were such a source of. Of, because you knew everything that was going on on set. You know, everything mm 
everything mm-hmm. that was going on production wise because you were savvy to all the actual work but then you also knew what was going on with everybody personally yes. it's such an interesting position yeah it's, that's yeah. when Danielle started calling me Deets my Deets mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah. I've been calling you that details. for 30 years <laughs> that's it she's still done what do you remember from taping the original pilot? Do you remember feeling like that you had a feeling one way or the other about whether or not it was going to get picked yeah. up? I oh, I, I know this. I, you I know remember. This. A, I remember a quote you said to me, Dee, that will always Oh my god! I don't know this. I don't know this. I can't wait. Go ahead. It is on the final. What, what did you guys have? Yep, the final last. Draft? The last thing that Ryder and I shot. Okay. There's a great Dee. <laughs> I had worked on several shows, several pilots and all of that by this time. So at the end of this, I said, this sucker is never going to go anywhere. (laughs) Start writing something new, Michael. Oh, (laughs) my God. This is going to hit like a lead bomb. That's what you said on the the video. You're like, nothing's going to happen with this bomb. (laughs) That's what I remember. Oh and um, so I was so delighted, you know, when it came back and I thought, okay, well, let's try to get through that first season at least. And then that was when things changed. That's when Will, you came in and Rusty right. came Rusty, in. Yeah. We didn't know, I certainly did not know there was going to be a, you know, who was coming in to replace mm-hmm. who or what. Right. But um, uh, it was, as the season went on, a um, it was always kind of like a surprise. Right. You know, I, it was always a surprise. But so, once the changes had been made and the final cast was set, like, what do you remember were your first impressions of all of us? Oh, jeez. Oh, Will, I'm so sorry. I really like that other guy, Harry. No. <laughs> <laughs> I did, too, Dee. I did, too. <laughs> Just too short. Um, my impressions of you. Innocence. Yeah. yeah. Innocence. Yeah. We're so Wide-eyed and wonderful. And I was already jaded and bitter. <laughs> <laughs> not to us. Not to yeah, us. You never no. came off that way to us at all. No. I can tell you, not to speak for everybody, but it, it no. was you. You were always that kind of nurturing, mothering. Uh, well, uh, but I will say, Dee, she was a realist. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. you know, and like there was a level of like you're going to tell it to me straight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you of know, course. you're not gonna, yeah. like you're not going to pull your punches about. Like what you think of the pilot, or yeah. you know, like anything. Right. You were never, yeah. you were never coddling or f- fake no. in that way. But you were so a safe space, be- though. Yes. yes, that's yes. the thing. You were always yeah. a safe space, an essential oh, yes. safe space. Yeah, yeah. yeah which was great. Were. Yeah, you always were, and um, uh, but that's pretty much. I had to be very careful not to spread my bitterness to you. <laughs> in fact, I had some artwork I remember that I would not show Ryder because. It was so disturbing um, because I used to be an artist. Yeah. And um, there was a picture that Ryder was like, oh, please, let me see what this is. Let me see. And I wouldn't show it to you. It was a very disturbing piece. I had it hanging in my living room. And when I when I got married, my Scott said to me, could you take that down? <laughs> it's a little too much. Too much. So, but, you know, so... There was that in me, and I just, like I said, I didn't want to spread it to you. I, you know, I was also very, very thankful. You know, this is the other thing, too. During that time after my uh, uh, lawsuit, my sexual harassment lawsuit with ABC, I was blacklisted for many mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get a job anywhere. And um, uh, then I got married. When I was working for Shelley Duvall, I got married. 
And all of a sudden, they didn't know who I was. I changed my last name and they oh, went, what happened amazing. to that other one? Oh, and, my God. Yeah. And then when Michael uh, hired me, I warned him. And I said, look, I'm on a blacklist right now. And, you know, this could really mess things up. And he says, I don't care. I don't. He says, let them try to stop me. You know, you're with Good. me. And that was the end of that. Boom. That's great. That's so awesome. I was very thankful for that. Yeah. So all you got to do if you're in some trouble, just change your name. <laughs> Feel free to it. Just feel free to just feel free to it, and you're good. Wow. I love it. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies, especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Or sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by the experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. We talk a lot about moms on this podcast and how important they are to us. Absolutely. Without Jen Fischel, what pictures would we post on our social media? But above and beyond all the incredible mom things they did for us, laundry, dinners, let us travel to Los Angeles alone to chase our dreams of acting. Will, what, what else was your mom doing? Uh, my mom was also running all three courts in Connecticut while authoring books. Wow. Well, whether your mom was a legal trailblazer or just the greatest source of inspiration and care in the world, this Mother's Day, she deserves some flowers. You are right. And that's why I'm sending mine farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And while I'm teaching you things, how about 25% off your entire Books order so you can join us in treating our mothers to a beautiful arrangement? Love it. Here's why I like the Books company. They are different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. That's really cool. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Your mom is unique, so she deserves flowers just as special. And Books is simple. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your Books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Go to Books.com and use promo code WORLD for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com promo code WORLD. Books promo code world. So, 
So you described really briefly what a stage assistant does, that you were kind of the liaison between yeah. the production office and the stage and and doing all of that. And then you eventually became our third and then our second stage manager. Will you explain what a stage manager does? Okay. It's in film, they call it an assistant director. When mm-hmm. you use videotape, it's called a stage manager. So in my case, it's a third stage manager. I'm in charge of all of the extras that come in, the background actors. And uh, so you get it. An order every week is usually like, you know, anywhere from 30 to 40 people that are coming in. Um, I would come in on my day off and watch your blocking on your run throughs mm-hmm. and figure out who is going where to which locker. And then I, I'd uh, direct it that night. I'd figure out everybody where everybody was going. And then the next morning I'd come in and give everybody a script, all the background actors a script and give them their blocking for the scenes. So then I would herd them over to stage, bring them back and do all of that. So that was pretty much my thing. We've talked about the choreography that it takes to do that, the kind of dance that's happening behind us as we're in scenes, especially in in big scenes like, you know, the hallway scenes or chubby scenes where it's everything has to be, this is the line you're going to walk on. You're going to walk from here to here. You're going to pick up a burger at the, the, you know, the front cabinet. You're going to walk over here. You're going to walk behind. You're going to sit here. It takes so much thought because it has to be like, yeah, you have to have coordinated enough pass, you know, people passing. So it feels like a crowd without it actually being much of a crowd. It's such a complicated. Must be able to spot them when they walk in the door, if they're going to take direction or if they're not going to be around. So there were some people that would be like, you know, like if we'd be in Chubby's, yeah. Um, uh, I'd say, here's a menu, sit down. That's it. <laughs> now you can make the opening cross to take us into the scene. Wow. So you can, you, you know, you have to make a snap judgment on who's going to be there for you and who is just going to be sitting around. We were just talking. So there is an extra, but we're now season two and we, you know, knew a lot of our extras from season one, but now that we're in season two and they're older, we really recognize a lot of the extras. Mm-hmm. And we're curious, one of them was from France. And he had a thick French accent. Oh, God, yes. His name was Michel. Michel, Michel that's right. Michel. How did you yeah. just remember that when we talked just about this before? Yeah. I don't know. It just hit me. But yeah, it, it, his I name was Michel. We called that. him Noose. Wow. Because he was from the town of Noose in France, yeah. So yeah. other than his name and where he's from, you don't know anything about him, right? <laughs> yeah. So you don't know who it is. 684-616-616. Yeah, social security the, the number. The steel trap of my brain yeah. just flips open every once in a while. Well, that was the question I was going to ask you, Dee, which Ryder just asked. Do you remember his name? But Ryder answered <laughs> that. Yeah. Well, here's a real mystery that we're, oh. we have, we're, oh. we're really trying to get to the bottom of. We've been waiting to ask you this because you are, I think, the only person who could have any keys to this clue. Do you remember anything about the janitor from the And Then There Was Sean episode? Yes. I can tell you now. I will will solve the mystery. Okay. (laughs) Please solve this mystery for us. Okay. It was basically a background. It was a a job. That's it. And when it came to things like that, um, the first AD, Steve Hafer, would put me in charge, pick somebody out, you know, so I could yeah. pick people out for der- certain roles. And I happened to pick out somebody for the role. And I knew that it was going to lead into something. There was just something about it. It was written cleverly. Yeah. And I said, this is not going to be a one-shot deal. There's gonna, they're going to do this again. And I had this gentleman that was really sharp, and I'd seen him before, and he was very helpful. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to have him do this 
this role because I also knew that I could give him a voucher, which would help him get him to SAG. Yeah. And he would get more money. And I wanted to help this guy out. So I brought him over to the producers and they looked at him and went, yeah, no, that's not what we had in mind. <laughs> and they picked another guy. And that was that. that <laughs> so the first guy was background. After that, they hired an actor. Wow. They oh, picked yeah. it. So it was yeah. an actor mm -hmm. who then after just still that. had no lines. Mm -hmm. It was just mm -hmm. the first episode was a background. And then, did he end up speaking? Did he speak in the episode? No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's All right. It. Well, yeah. Ryder, so what was his name and where was he from? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all coming back. Security number was. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Mm -hmm. So, and then toward the end of Boy Meets World, probably your least your least favorite time of Boy Meets World was having to wrangle us from our dressing rooms and bring oh, us down stage. It was not my worst time. I loved it. And it. It truly was, and I have great memories of that too. Um, I have letters from you guys. Aww. I have letters from Danielle and from Ryder. Um, yeah, I didn't write letters. No, you never wrote anything. Write, well. No, um, <laughs> I didn't write letters. Yes, I remember. Probably poems. I wrote poems. You wrote I poems. Wrote, I wrote a poem for you. I remember that. Aww. Yeah. Jeez. In fact, let me give you a flashback. Oh, no. right. Don't read it. I don't want to hear. I'm not going to read it. Are you kidding? No, I'm going to show you something. Oh. Is that a necklace? Necklace. Yes. Your silver that I necklace. wore on the show? Yes. <gasps> was that from you? Yes. Oh. And that was what the poem was about. Is that oh. true? There's oh. the necklace. Oh. Yeah, you gave it to me at the wrap, and I've had it all this time. Well, oh, that's we, so funny. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Week, yeah, during taping, I mean, when we would, when we would start the season, you and I, Ryder, would do a little ceremony over this necklace. That's right. And you'd put it on. And then when the show would go down on hiatus, you'd go through a ceremony and you'd put it on me. And I'd keep it through the summer. Oh, that's right. But yes, you wrote poetry for me. And Danielle, I've got a couple of your letters during the time that you did not want to be there anymore. Right. And I remember <laughs> especially when. We were in the college years, and remember the um, the patio that was off the main. Yeah, like the student union. Uh, it was a brick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Student union. Uh, yeah. So, um, and in the scene, you you do your scene in the student union. Then you'd walk out the door and sit outside in that little bricked area mm -hmm. and make like you were studying, writing, and studying. But what you were doing was writing me letters. I remember writing you, yeah, sit down and be like, dear Deez. So sweet. <laughs> they call cut, and I take you back to the dressing room, and you go, here. And you'd have me like, oh. And it was, yeah, yeah. Tell us one of your favorite stories from working with us. Like, what are some of your favorite memories? Okay, well, before I get into all y'all, I want to talk about Ben. Okay? <laughs> okay. okay. Ben was one of the most amazing people that I had seen. Okay, when I was just the stage assistant, sitting backstage all the time, I used to watch, he was like barely 11 on the pilot. Yeah. And I would watch him just spinning around, eating, joking, singing, doing whatever <laughs> so he was doing. And then they call mm -hmm. action, boom, he's yep. in character. Focus. Yep. Then yep. when I became the second stage manager, it's up to me to cue you guys onto set. Yeah. You know? And I'd be back there, you know, I'd always have the script 
on my clipboard, you need to go over your lines, you know, whatever you needed to do. And I'd be back there with Ben. Ben, you need to refresh. No. And he's dancing and yeah. jumping around. And then as soon as I cue him, there he was. Yeah. He was yep. truly amazing in that. Yep. And he was in every, every scene. He carried yep. the show. We've talked about he, that. I mean, just the, how, how he had that weight on his shoulders from 11 <laughs> years old and nailed it every time. And now we're going back and kind of watching his performance. He's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. He, he really was. It was just that kind of thing to be so young and in tune of things, you know, mm-hmm. or at least in tune with his character and his scenes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's what he was truly in tune with. I don't know yeah. about everything else, but he was, he was something. Okay, so some of my favorite times were when we would start the show. You had your screen backstage. Mm-hmm. Our cast screen. Do you remember yeah. the Buddha? We'd have to kiss the Buddha. Yep. No, <laughs> yeah. I forgot about the Buddha till you said that. I forgot. I forgot about the Buddha till <laughs> I just right the now. Buddha. There's something else I wanted to talk to you about too after the Buddha, but keep going. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So I had that little Buddha attached to my fanny pack. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we'd be back there and do, you know, we'd kiss the Buddha. Steve Haver and I, I bought him one of those, you know, those memorial candles, you know, mm-hmm. they stand yeah. I bought him one and it was Elvis. Mm. And so Steve and I would light the candle before the show and go into the Elvis move. And then that would be our little private thing. Right. That was your cast scream. That was our cast scream. Yeah. Yeah. So So how did the lobster start? Oh my God, you remember the lobster. Of course I remember the lobster. lobster. How did you forget about the lobster? Oh my God. So this is something our listeners can actually look for, right? Yes. Because it's hidden in the set. If you give me a second, I will get the lobster for you. (gasps) Go get the lobster. lobster. You still have it? Go get the lobster. I don't remember the lobster. (laughs) You don't? You don't remember the lobster? We put it, it, Didi would put it on a different place every, it was in all the sets. It's It's in every set of Boy Meets World. After a certain season, she hid a lobster on set. It's like and Elf it, on so a Shelf. It's, in, it's, it's on the set. There's no a lobster way. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere. She, it's like a yeah. little Easter egg. I can't egg. believe neither, I can, neither of you remember wait, the lobster. Then she, I think she added in a lizard, too. Wasn't there multiples? There was. A, I just remember the oh, lobster. Yeah. Oh, my God. I completely forgot about the wait, lobster. So in every episode, she would just pick a spot and put it there. If so there was okay. a new set. I think it was, Well, I don't know. Didi, what was the... How, Oh, oh my gosh. A lobster. <laughs> yes. How did you get away with this? <laughs> I don't know. I was very, very careful, but it was in like uh, every scene in the last two, two, two or three seasons. seasons. Yeah. yeah. Two or three yeah. seasons. In it. every scene? Not every scene, but most of them. It, it, wow. depended, it really depended on um, hideability. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there is a scene where, well, for instance, uh, Danielle, when you and Ben have your the college dorm, uh-huh. and you have a closet, when you open the closet, there's a uh, a shoe tree hanging from the closet. Yeah, and there's also a lobster sticking out of one of the. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Amazing! Oh my god! People are gonna like just now start binge watching our show yeah, to try to and find the lobster. Find the lobster. Find the lobster. Um, Betsy, I used to love to do this to Betsy. I would slide it in the kitchen drawers. Right. <laughs> she was in the kitchen and she'd open it up there and there would be a lobster in there. Amazing. That, there's also a scene that really scared me when I saw it aired because I thought the lobster was hidden very well. And it's a scene where Bill is, is he Dean? I think he's a Dean or, yep. or something. Yeah. Of anyway, it, it was a very serious type of uh, scene where 
he was talking to administrators or whatever. I can't remember what the scene was. Anyway, there was a whole floral arrangement behind him. And you put all of the these are, and I stuck the lobster in the floral <laughs> arrangement. Oh my Nobody gosh. could see it. However, it glows in the dark. Yes, apparently. it does. It glows in the dark. <laughs> and so you see flower, flower. What is that? Flower, flower, flower. Oh my gosh. It does. It glows in the dark. It and was also on the, it was in the student, it was either the student union or the store at the college at Pembroke. Store, it was always yes. there. Yeah. Always there. I would put it oh there. Oh my gosh. I can't what? wait for us to get to those episodes. I thank know. you for, t- thank you for reminding me of this because we're kind of dreading getting to those, those years of the, of just because there are so many uh, moments where we're like, oh man, we don't even know what we're in for. But now I'll get now to focus just, on the lobster. Didn't you hide other things too? There was, was there another, was there a lizard or is always just the lobster? I always had the lizards around me. Yeah. Okay. When, Okay, I knew yeah, some, there was something about mine, lizards. but the yeah. lobsters I put out. Yeah, okay. <laughs> there's also another scene, and this one really scared me. And I think this was with you, Ryder, uh-huh. and with Trina. Okay, uh-huh. and it was the wedding. I think it was Bill's wedding, and you and Trina are on. You are on the staircase, I believe. You and Trina are standing by the staircase, and you had just had a fight in the show, and so, but you're watching this very emotional moment you know, between uh-huh. and, and your hands just kind of touch on the staircase. Well, the lobster is right below your hand <laughs> like that, but you couldn't see it. So here I am, you oh, know, because it's, it's decorated with flowers and all that stuff. Oh so we're, I'm watching the shooting of it and the director decides to pull in on a close up on the hands. On the hands, and I see a little bit of. Thinking, oh God! If anybody finds out I did this, I'm dead. I didn't do it. Yeah. Oh my God! God I love it. The set deck department would have yeah. just gone crazy. Oh, they they the knew lobster. about it. So they did. Are, okay. I told a couple people about it. There were a couple of cameramen that knew about it, and um, uh, uh, one of the set I, one of the set decorators, I believe. Mark Papson, Papson yeah, Papson must have known about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so they knew, like, and you know, I got there okay. I didn't want to ruin their set, right. and it was like, it was awesome, you know, though. let me hide this in there. So it was all, you know, it was all okay as far I as they were I can't but believe neither is, of you remembered that. That's so funny. That's so no, but funny. the second you said it, I, I, I remembered it. Yeah. But no, there's so much I don't remember. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember we had that, those audience members that would come every single week? The oh, yeah, the family. Stalker family. Stalker family. The yeah. Sheer family. The yes. Sheer family. S-H-E-R-E. We lovingly called them the Stalkers. They and they liked loved it. it. Yeah, they, they loved, loved it. it. They called themselves the Stalkers to the point where they were in the wedding episode. They were sitting yeah. on Topanga's side when yes. Ori and Topanga got married. Yeah. Yes. Um, that was uh, Michael's call on yeah. that one. You yeah. know, and he said to me, because I had all the background people set to where to sit. And Michael says, let's throw them in. This will make them happy. I know. He, yeah, he loved he loved doing that. When yeah. Ryder and I did the last, uh, we, we shot that video where everybody is 10 years later. The final joke is that we both we live, live with, with the Shear family. <laughs> and they came and they shot uh, where yeah. we were shooting. And they came in. The, it's us like wrestling and having a pillow fight. And all that. They were the nicest people. And they yeah. came to every episode for like five years. They ended up coming to Girl Meets World, too. Not the, every single episode, but they, they came they? and they visited. Yeah, they came to, to Girl Meets World. That's wow. great. They're super nice people. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. 
especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by the experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay authenticity guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. We talk a lot about moms on this podcast and how important they are to us. Absolutely. Without Jen Fischel, what pictures would we post on our social media? But above and beyond all the incredible mom things they did for us, laundry, dinners, let us travel to Los Angeles alone to chase our dreams of acting. Will, what, what else was your mom doing? Uh, my mom was also running all three courts in Connecticut while authoring books. Wow. Well, whether your mom was a legal trailblazer or just the greatest source of inspiration and care in the world, this Mother's Day, she deserves some flowers. You are right. And that's why I'm sending mine farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And while I'm teaching you things, how about 25% off your entire Books order so you can join us in treating our mothers to a beautiful arrangement? Love it. Here's why I like the Books Company. They are different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. That's really cool. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Your mom is unique, so she deserves flowers just as special. And Books is simple. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your Books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code WORLD for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com promo code WORLD. Books promo code WORLD. Didi, you have, you are one of the very few people who had the experience of being with us all seven years on mm -hmm. Boy Meets World. Yeah. So what changes do you remember seeing in us, whether that's professionally or personally, either one, but that maybe you noticed and kind of just smiled to yourself about or like what changes did you see in us over those seven years? Uh, definitely the burnout factor. Yeah. Definitely. Wow. Not so much from Will. No, yeah. Will, you were like one of those little wind-up monkeys that was just let me perform. No, it's true. Um, uh, but the burnout factor between you, Danielle, and Ryder oh, was yeah. serious. And it, yeah. 
it hurt my heart to see that. And there was nothing that I could do except listen to you, you know, in the dressing room and, you know, or whatever. And, and you would just, you know, confide in me. And yeah. I just kept thinking to myself, please get over this because you don't yeah. know. You don't know yet that yeah. this, this is a good thing you're in. Yeah. And, um, but it just, it broke my heart to see you guys like that. Yeah. Nothing. You know, Boy Meets World ended and we all kind of scattered to the wind. We were able to talk to each other a little bit years later and things like that. But where did you go after Boy? I went to work on, let's see, was it Hype? I, I did some, I worked on other shows. In fact, when we were up and, you know, when we were in production, we'd go down on hiatus weeks. Um, I'd work on another show. Oh, okay. I was not sitting at home. So um, I worked on several other shows during that time so that when we finally did lockdown when we were done i had just moved on to working on several other shows and then worked for anthony anderson on his uh he had a show for a year yeah yeah and um oh god reba mcintyre um i did that just a bunch of shows after that and then in, i decided to during the weekends i had been coaching uh acting coaching through Chris Kyer, he he got me involved in coaching. Um, mm. So while we were in production, I on the weekends would work with Chris Kyer at his studio, and then he was gone after the first season, I believe. Yeah. yeah. But he and I continued our friendship, so I kept working for him, and then I started taking over his classes. So in 2004, a lot of things that happened at that point. Uh, that's when I opened up my own studio. And it's amazing. I've been coaching ever since. That's great. So that's wow, great. almost yeah. 20 years. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Goes by quick. When we went to go see Chris at um, his Christmas store, he brought out the the big sign that we all took a picture with, and it was si it was from you to Chris, and we got to see your signature and just <laughs> seeing your writing brought yes. back just a flood of memories for me. I was like, there's my deeds is handwriting. But you That's I think right. you wrote, you know, I don't remember. There was a joke on it too. I think I took a picture of it. You of so, course. Well, probably. But the other joke was he thought all of you signed it. Oh, that's so funny. No, it's from it's from you to Chris, and it's uh yeah, it's signed. It's it's yeah. it's so cute. That's nice that he has that. That's yeah, nice. I, yeah. I really credit him. I learned a lot from him, and I think I coached him for eight or nine years. You know, yeah. started taking over his classes. So I did. I learned an awful lot from him, and and I learned things that I wanted to do and things that I didn't want to do. Right. Know, classes. That's really what it came down. Do you do you to. primarily coach uh, kids or adults too? Yeah. primarily yeah but i still have you know it's interesting several of the kids that i used to coach years ago they left me when they were like 12 years old or now in their 20s and they're getting in touch with me and they want me to great. coach them now that's which so I'm doing. great that's awesome it is it's nice so um one of them made a very funny statement and she says gee Didi, i'm sorry i didn't get tall you know i'm only <laughs> five four and i said well i'm not five four and she says you're not because she thought i was very very tall she remembers me when she was 10 years of old. Of course. Oh, of course. Wow. I mean, Didi, I are you are you are we about the same size? 5'1? Okay. Yes. yes. I know I was going to say you're actually like 4'11, aren't you? <laughs> no. Okay, 5'8. No, no, okay, you yet. and my mom, you and my mom, how dare you say I'm anything less than 5 feet? 5 feet <laughs> to the yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, Easton, our super fan, knows exactly what it says. It's on the back of the sign. It says to my third ex-husband. 
Ah, <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Which is perfect and very, yeah. very sweet. And very Dee Dee. Yeah. Very Dee Dee. I love very, it. Yeah, yeah. It was very sweet. I, we were very good friends. Um, but, uh, you know, that's uh, life. 30 mm-hmm. years later, mm-hmm. looking back on Boy Meets World, what what are your thoughts? What are your feelings? What comes to you when you think about your time on Boy Meets World? As many shows as I worked in over the years, even before Boy Meets World, you know, like yeah. whether it was Who's the Boss, um, Facts of Life, Married with Children, all these shows that I worked on, this was the one. Hmm. This was home. It yeah. was... Um, uh, you guys were absolutely wonderful. Betsy and Rusty were just so, such great people. Mm-hmm. Bill Daniels, that I think being with Bill was the hardest for me in that I admi- I was every day of the week I wanted to fan out to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to say, oh my God, you're Bill Daniels. It was like that, right? Say no swear. Oh my God. Everything yeah. that he had done. Yeah. And I couldn't. I had to keep cool because he and I were pretty close. <laughs> right. You know, we had a really nice relationship, Bill and I. Aww. And um, and if he knew how much it meant to me at that time, I would have been embarrassed. Right. Mm-hmm. But in, but I was so taken by that man, everything that he did. So we used to spend a lot of time talking about, you know, the old days of show business and yeah. stuff like that. Like when he met Bonnie and... I was, he was just a, just, he's just a special, special man. Yes. So much so that when we went, when we went on to Girl Meets World and I was there on the first season um, and he came in to guest, that's when they called me and they said, Didi, would you meet Bill and bring him into the set? Because Aww. I was the stable, stabilizing factor for him. Wow. I, yeah. Just so for that, yeah, that was a big deal for me. Um, you kids were it, it was just the whole feeling, the whole mood of the show was wonderful. I, um, Michael was, you know, very family oriented and, yeah. and he was absolutely like that. You know, you never knew when he was going to pop, when he was going to scream or when he was going to hug you. Yep. Yeah. That, right. That's who he was. Yeah. But let me tell you, it's like that in the real world or yeah. it had been like that in the real world. I can't tell you how many directors, producers that I worked with that would, no sooner slap you down than hire you the next day because they need you. Yeah. It's just the way it is. Michael was never that harsh because he always had his, and this is during Boy Meets World. Let me preface that by saying this is <laughs> during Boy Meets World. He was very protective of the kids. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah, that's true. And, and his crew. Yeah. He was also very protective of his crew. Yeah. So, um, uh, I mean, that, one of the things my mom always talks about that she so appreciated is that um, she remembers thinking like we I think it must have been on one of the other sets I had been on before I got to Boy Meets World, which there had only been a handful of them. My mom remembers walking across set really early in the morning, probably getting me to the schoolroom and there being a uh, crew around working, you know, working overnight, probably doing set deck. And they were just cursing up a storm. And it was my mom's first real thing of like oh yeah, this is a real adult environment and my kid is now going to be in this adult environment and I'm not used to that. And she remembers thinking like, gosh, don't they know there's kids around? They should they should be adjusting the way they're talking because there's kids around. And then when we got to Boy Meets World, it wasn't like that on Boy Meets World. The mm-hmm. actual 
uh, the environment was very much this is a kid's environment. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I liked that you mentioned, Didi, even about Chris Kyer, that you had learned a lot from him, things you wanted to do and things you didn't want to do. I always, I think some of the best teachers are teachers that you actually learn, you know, both from. There, sure, you know, I, I can't even tell you how many amazing things I learned from Michael on mm -hmm. Boy Meets yeah. World. They come up all the time when we talk about episodes. We just, you know, didn't, we just recapped the episode where Corey and Topanga fall asleep and it was the first uh, real lesson I got on not playing angry and how to actually be impactful. And, you know, I mean, some of the, some of the greatest lessons of my life mm -hmm. came from, from Michael Jacobs. And then, you know, some of them mm -hmm. also were think, ways I don't want to behave on a set. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's, you know, and, and once again, every show that I've ever worked on, when they've had a kid there, that's the first thing the AD screams out to the crew, child on set, watch your mouth. Yep. And within five minutes, blah, 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 it comes out. I mean, yeah. you just, that's, you know, it's like, be, it's a construction site, basically. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And, you know, so everybody slips and they always go, yep. oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. But no, but not on, uh, not on Boyd. That did not happen. Everybody was very aware. And I think also, and this is for you guys, I think the crew loved you and respected you. Yeah. I, I, I think they did too. I, yeah. hope it's, I hope it's because they felt loved respected. and respected yeah. by us. Yeah. Um, it, mutual. I, it felt mutual. It, yeah. all, I mean, the, everyone treated us like equals, which was so yes. great. Like, I never felt condescended to. Nope. In fact, I remember... I remember if somebody came on, like a guest star, or or for whatever reason we would have somebody new. I remember turning to Ben and being like, "Oh, they're going to treat us like kids," or like what well, we were talking about with the photo shoots. You know, mm -hmm. we yeah. have these photographers. Like, oh, the kids want to jump. It was ne like that attitude. Like we would never be condescended to. Everybody no. on our set was so cool and treated us like yeah. adults, and we yeah. responded in kind. I mean, I I had mm -hmm. you know really wonderful friendships with so many people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, he tried to do everything that he could for you, Ryder, when it came down to the poetry. I mean, there was so much talk upstairs about trying to appease you that you, hmm. you're not even aware of. No. You know, that there was like, look, this kid is going through so much and he's really talented. And there was a lot of that going on. Wow. And, Great. you know, and then Will, and I remember being on stage and there would be something that just didn't work. And, they, and I remember a couple of writers going, Will, make it funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And we'll yeah. save it. They, they really trusted you and they can't. Yeah. No, they did. No, they did. And again, we're the the thing that's interesting as we're we're kind of learning our way through everything that we went through is most of the memories that we have, and I mean it's the vast majority, I'll speak for myself, most of the memories I have, the vast majority are great. Yeah. I mean, they're phenomenal awesome. and they were nurturing and it was yep. a wonderful set to be on. Mm -hmm. And we had it was it you know, especially towards the end, it was um kind of pooling all of our creativity and we were you know knew the blocking so we could kind of hey what if i did this what if i did that and and mm -hmm. it became much more collaborative it was wonderful but then we're hearing about you know other things that we were kept you know that were kept away from us things that that you know people went out of their way to make sure that the kids weren't inundated with yeah. that um you know as we're learning about it now uh, some of it was not very healthy but again we didn't see a lot of that stuff yeah no. so mm -hmm. it is kind of learning about it after the fact but for the most part the the actual going to set every day mm -hmm. and right. getting to work with everybody and hafer and you and lynn mccracken and our directors and it was just yeah. It was a wonderful Which a lot of child actors can't say. No. Correct. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, yep. I, I mean, you have a conversations no. or you read about or you, like a lot of sets did not have that. And, no. and they were very yep. fraught 
uh, yeah. places for for children to be yeah. in. Um, and Michael and, would often get us together. And I'll, I'll never forget this. And it was a, an incredible lesson. He would often get us together and say two things. Remember, this ends. Yep. And remember, you may never find this again. And both of those things were hugely important lessons. And he was never harsh with saying it. He just wanted us to to remind us that this wasn't forever. Enjoy it because <laughs> yeah. it could be gone tomorrow. And that's what happens in a show. It literally was gone tomorrow. Your your yeah. Thursday night we did the show and Friday it was gone. That's after yep. seven years. So he was he was very good at at imparting that wisdom to us a lot mm-hmm. of times. And yeah. yeah, and we had our the writers that they just loved writing for you. They really did. Yeah. They yeah. They, you know, they knew your strengths and weaknesses and, you know, they could find those funny places easier because of you, because you gave so much, you know, it was, it was always chaos and, and it just turned out to be a thing of beauty in the end, you know, and, and yeah, Yeah. it was much to that, like, I'll speak to that where, yeah, like I said, the burnout factor was what made me sad with you guys because I did, I just want to say that same thing. This is going to be gone tomorrow. Yeah, Yeah. it's hard for, it's hard for uh, 18, 19, 20 year olds, writer and I, we've talked about it that, you know, yeah. gosh, we wish we could go back and say like, listen, Chill out, relax. <laughs> You're, there isn't, there isn't a different, or maybe there, there is a different life, but it's a, it, it, where you just live in your moment. Stop yeah. trying to think about all the things you're missing out on, the things you should be doing or the other things. Like there's time for that. You will do all of that. It will be there. Writer was still going to get to go to college. I was still going to get to do absolutely nothing. Like <laughs> there was, there was, there, which was all I wanted to do was just, can I just please do nothing? Um, and so there was, there would be time for all of that. Like I wish we could go back and tell ourselves like, just live in this moment because you're yeah. never, you're not going to get this back except for 30 years from now when you guys do Pod Meets World. Yes. And then you get to do it all <laughs> over a again. taste of it again. And so now we get to do it a little differently. That's true of life. Yeah. yeah. You always look back and say, why didn't I enjoy I that? Know. Why yeah. didn't I enjoy that moment, you know, yeah. with my husband or my wife or why didn't right. my best? That is part of life. Yes. And when you're in it, we're in a vacuum. You don't yeah. see how good you have it. And it's exactly. when you look, you know, what is it, 2020 hindsight? Mm-hmm. In retrospect, everything looks a little rosier. Yeah. You forget the ugly parts, and sometimes the ugly parts get bigger. And, yeah. you know, yeah. that's it. But it's it's that way, you know. I, I want to speak to something that I had heard in the last pod, last couple times that it was aired. Um, and it was, it was funny that um, they were making, when they make references to things that you don't understand because Daniel's you know, red jalopy. Yeah. yeah. All of that, right? And he's like Will has said, yeah, seven year old really relates to that. <laughs> understand in those days, we didn't have Disney, Nickelodeon and all of that. It was ABC and it was family time. Yeah. yeah. The parents right. sat with the children and watched the show. Mm-hmm. Sometimes so the grandparents. Jokes, yeah. And the grandparents. The jokes were not written for the kids. Yeah. yeah. The jokes were written for the adults. No, so we talked just, about that with St. Elegis. That yeah. when yeah. Bill right. makes yes, that, I yes. that. Exactly. Yeah. And, and very good of you, Will, to remember that. Yeah. It was that it was that kind of thing. We love having a grandpa on the show with us because we we find that <laughs> the grandpa Will uh hit, finds those yeah. jokes that that young writer and I don't understand. Don't Best grandpa no. ever. That's right. <laughs> Best Just grandpa like ever. I'd like to point yeah. that out. So Didi, I know I know people are going to want to know where they can find you. And you you started Didi's Real Actors back in 2004 and now you are the head coach with the LA Acting Academy in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And so where can people find you? Can people I, do Zoom yeah. lessons with you? Yes, they can do Zoom with me. Um I um I don't have a social platform, so okay. to speak. I'm, 
In fact, Danielle, you were the one that forced me to join Facebook years ago. It was like, I don't want any part of it. And you made me join. It was like, <laughs> and now I haven't been on Facebook and I don't even know how long. Sorry. I know because you made me join Insta. Okay. And I am not that. So I don't. Yeah, she's trying to. A, she's still trying to get me on on MySpace and Omegle, so don't worry about it. <laughs> right, exactly. No, fine. no, Didi, I insisted right. follow on Instagram so she can follow along with my children. Children, uh, exactly. Yeah, because I have a private account for my kids. So I have um, on Facebook. I do have a Didi's Real Actors uh, page. Real is R E E L. Everyone, correct, correct, um, and or Didi Di Stefano. I, I, the only friends that I have on my Facebook page are the people from the show that I've worked with or Aww. other, other writers or producers. Yeah. I think I've got maybe 40 friends. I don't friend people because that's not what I do. And, yeah. and here's the thing too, too. I am old school. I am crew. You are the stars. I don't like to talk about, oh, look, I just worked with this kid and he booked blah, blah, blah. And now they got this and they got that. I am not that person. Somebody who just, what was it? The owner of the company had just posted something about me being a rock star because several of my kids had booked major things mm. in the last couple of months. Congratulations. And I wrote back and I said, I'm not the rock star. The kids are the rock star. Hmm. And so that's why I don't. I don't like to boast and say, oh, look what I did. And I'm having such a wonderful life. Uh, no, I, I'm just. That's okay. I'm, we'll boast for you. I was just going to yeah. say, you may not like to boast, but we will do it for you. Yeah, and, we're going to boast for you. You know, just tell you. I mean, we, we told you when you first joined, but like yeah. you are just such a such. I mean, one of my. I don't even know how to describe it. Not biggest, not whatever. You are one of the most constant and regular memories for me. And not just you, but the way I felt around you. And the fact that I did without even the slightest hesitation. I trusted you 110%. I trusted you with everything. I shared everything with you. Good, bad, highs, lows. And you were such a safe, wonderful place for us to just walk in, leave the chaos of the world behind, and be with our deeds. And, um, you know, I just, we love you so much. Thank you. Well, Didi, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for joining us. It's been like visiting with my friends i know well, it is visiting with it's your like, friends you know we used to go to lunch together yeah. remember that yeah. yeah and you moved to phoenix oh <laughs> don't bring it up to her don't <laughs> i had an incredible opportunity to buy property and Great. do this job it was incredible yeah and i i went for it well, you and have to i wake up every morning going this is a bad dream, right? Oh, no. Yeah. Were, so. you in, were you still in Los Feliz up until you left? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. That was so amazing. I, I will like never drive that street and oh, not yeah, think of you. Of not think of Didi. Yep. yep. Yeah. Love that yeah. place. Lo- yeah. Oh. Think about it every single time. I know. I loved it. Ryder, I still keep up with your mom and dad. Good. You know? Good. I, yeah. I, I still. You I, still talk to my mom all the time. I talk to your mom all the time. You don't talk to my parents, but that's okay. I, I never did. Attorney no, Fridell. No one talks to attorney, attorney, attorney Fridell and attorney Fridell. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just incredible. So Danielle has all the information, you know, okay, she's good. got numbers and stuff. So I'll share know. the emails, the phone numbers. Please. You guys, yeah. 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 Well, Deeds, we good. love you. I love you. Thank you for making those years some of the best of my life, actually. Mm. Right up there. 
Right. Likewise. Yeah, right back yeah, at you. I feel the same way. Thank you, Didi. Right, I love you, Didi. Love you. Bye, Didi. We love Bye. you. Love you. Bye. Oh, boy. Of course, I got emotional again saying goodbye. Me too. <laughs> I'm dead inside. I don't feel the way you guys feel. I love it, and I miss these people, and I'm so happy to see them. I just don't cry. I never do. Yeah. Well, I cry at everything. Me. I me cry too. every movie. I just oh let it go. My gosh, I, I used to feel too. bad about it. Now, I, now I'll now i be driving in the car with Indy, and and a, a song will come on, I'll just start crying. I'm like, sorry. Wow. Yeah. This, yeah, is no. just, this song There's makes like two me or cry. three things that make me cry, and it's, they're rare. So, yeah. I know. I'll, I'll give out there. Sometimes out there wakes me up in the middle of the night because he's completely potty trained now and he wakes me up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom because he's still in his crib and I'll get him up to and just giving him that hug at like two o'clock in the morning and he's all warm and he's in his little snuggly sleep sack and I'll just start start crying (laughs) hugging him and he's like you know I don't want him to know thankfully it's dark Mm, but yeah I I cry at everything man yeah I think if I woke up in the middle of the night and realized I had kids I'd cry too (laughs) so yeah it's true (laughs) that was amazing it was so good to talk to her she's she I miss her. Looks I miss her. Same. She yeah. looks, she looks exactly, exactly the same. same. It's so weird. It's so great. I yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I have to like go visit her in Phoenix or see her. In we person should all go. We'll go. We'll go and just hang out in hug. Phoenix. I would love that, and she would love that. Are you kidding me? Um, we should. I, really I would do have it. to bring a podium for yes. us to stand around. <laughs> yes, exactly. That is the way to do it. Uh, I can't wait for. Hashtag look for the lobster. I can't wait for oh, that. I, know. I can't wait. I'm so excited <laughs> you remembered great. that, Will. Man, so I'm excited. so glad you remembered that. Thank so God you brought I that up. I forgot about the Buddha. Like, yeah. I, there's mm-hmm. so many things. And she, that, the she, necklace was she, she was there. She was there for necklace. all of our screams and everything. Like, she was right. there with us for all of that stuff. She was She was the, the other cast member. I mean, she yeah. really was. And yeah, the whole thing with your necklace rider, that was That's, that's so crazy. Cool. Because I remember there's one, there's a blue and white one that I start wearing, but the silver one I wore all seven seasons. Yeah. And I hadn't I completely forgot where I got it, obviously. Right. And then I forgot what happened to it. So right. I'm sitting here going, like, yeah. and you're I, like, it must have been special to me. Where did it go? And yes. there it is. Wow. She still has it. That's awesome. so amazing. Oh that's even cooler than the leather jacket. We'll go do an somebody episode from is Phoenix. Wearing now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a good we'll idea. Go, we'll go do an episode from Phoenix. Okay, I like that idea. We gotta do it. Uh, Thank you all for being with us for this episode of Pod Meets World. As always, you can follow us on Instagram, Pod Meets World Show. You can send us your emails, podmeetsworldshow at gmail.com. And we have merch. Merch of Dennis! (laughs) Podmeetsworldshow.com. And we'll send us out. We love you all. Pod dismissed. Pod Meets World is an iHeart podcast produced and hosted by Danielle Fischel, Will Friedle, and Ryder Strong. Executive producers Jensen Karp and Amy Sugarman. Executive in charge of production, Danielle Romo. Producer and editor, Tara Sudbach. Producer, Jackie Rodriguez. Engineer and Boy Meets World superfan, Easton Allen. Our theme song is by Kyle Morton of Typhoon, and you can follow us on Instagram at Pod Meets World Show or email us at podmeetsworldshow at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves, and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. When I'm on my way to drop off the kids at school and I'm on about five hours of sleep and I haven't had my coffee yet, I'm truly one of a kind. Yeah, this sounds like the beginning of a horror movie. 
It is. But there is one thing I can do immediately to bring some comfort and calm to the situation and keep me moving forward. Eat Keebler Sandies. I like to think that if the good-looking guy was still around, sitting on the couch, comforting himself about not getting into college, he'd ditch the Cocoa Puffs and down some Keebler Sandies instead. Mixed with chocolate syrup? Ooh, why not? When you need a comforting moment for yourself, Keebler Sandies is the perfect treat to keep you going. Each Keebler Sandies shortbread cookie is baked to perfection by the Keebler Elves for a light sweetness and a texture that melts in your mouth. The next time you feel like you're juggling it all, reach for Keebler Sandies shortbread cookies to enjoy a simple moment of comfort. When it comes to Podmeets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to 303-mile range, available two-way charging, and other category-defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched-out electric vehicles ever. And as you know, we are tech heads. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. And with the available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car, backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions, and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only.